Hi, everyone. My name is Danae Pressler. Thanks for joining us today on the Local Edge Hub webinar. We'll be talking about how you can gain an edge in the sustainable economy. so much for joining us today. On behalf of the Avondale Edge Economic Development Team, uh, it's truly our pleasure to work with all of our businesses in our cities and our partners at Hub to really deliver timely and valuable content to keep your business on the cutting edge. So webinars like today's are just one of the ways that we like responding to your needs as a business. So be sure to please join us on the Hub for more complimentary tools and resources for you and your business. There's lots of great information already on there from um, business directories to um, uh, recorded webinars like today's um, and other future upcoming opportunities and ways to connect with other businesses, the Hub team, as well as all of us at the city. So be sure to connect um, and log into the hub if you have not already. So regarding our panel today, our presentation today, um, you know, we often hear so much about sustainability in the media. Um, here in Avondale, sustainability is really more than a buzzword. We've really made the commitment across departments and with all of our stakeholders to ensure we are preparing for a safe and healthy and vibrant future. And it certainly takes a coordinated effort to do so. And we're so grateful to have Danae Pressler, our sustainability officer, leading the charge. So Danae helps shapes our policies and programs initiatives that help create sustainable and resilient communities. She collaborates with others to advance the city's efforts to tackle climate change, reduce urban heat, improve air quality, and grow sustainable food outcomes and promote equality. She helps also manage our green business program, which is our electrical vehicle initiatives and ministers a grant support for redevelopment of environmentally challenged sites. So if you're interested in learning more about some of our brownfields um, that we have in the works uh, or available here in the city, certainly connect with Danae and she can get more information on that incredible grant program. And she comes to us from the city of Chandler, as well as the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife and multiple nonprofits. She serves on some really great organizations like the Arizona Ford for Central Regional Council, the Rio Reimagined Partnership, Sustainable Cities Network Steering Committee, and is the co-chair of the Electrical Vehicle Working Group. She received her master's of environmental studies uh, with a degree from the Evergreen State College and a bachelor's of biology from Minnesota State University. Mankato, if I'm saying that right, you'll have to correct me, Danae. And she was also named, this is really incredible, we're so proud of her to be one of the top 10 young business leaders to watch for by AAC Big Media in 2021. So Danae, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to hearing more about the Draft Sustainability Plan and the other resources you're working on for businesses in our city. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for the wonderful introduction, Jamie, and uh, and welcome to everybody that's on the line with us today. I'm excited to share a little bit about what we're working on and to get some feedback from you on uh, on what resonates and, and what you think we could do better. I do have a presentation prepared, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. And then Jamie or Chelsea, if you can let me know when that's available. Perfect. So today we're gonna to be talking about the, the draft sustainability plan. This is our first community-wide sustainability plan as a city. Uh, and it is it has been shaped with community input over the last 10 months. And so we're really proud of, of where we are today and know that we still have a long ways yet to go. 
What we'll cover specifically in today's presentation, we'll be uh, looking at some of the regional climate risks that we face um, in Avondale and across our Phoenix Metro Valley, as well as some sustainability pathways that will help us overcome these challenges. Looking for some feedback from, from you all, and then some tips and tools for our business community as you embark on your own sustainability journey or take it to the next level. And I'll provide some resources uh, as well as an overview of the green business program and um, a opportunity to participate in a current initiative called the Plastic Free July campaign. And then we'll end with some Q&A. So throughout this, um, and actually, let me even go back just a hair. Throughout this presentation, you'll see kind of a smattering of some of our green businesses uh, featured in the photos in the background. And so this is Home to Suites. They have this really great solar rooftop uh, array. And, and I was lucky enough to be able to, to pop up there one time, but just one way that, they're, that they've been going more sustainable. As we look to our, our timeline here, the last 10 months or so, we've been focusing on that community engagement piece just to build this draft plan. And then uh, last month, mayor and council reviewed the draft plan, and then it's been released out to the public for, uh, for feedback to, to see, you know, did we hear you correctly? Um, or if we missed you, you know, we still want to hear what your comments um, and input is at this time. Then the next step will be to get this uh, any revisions incorporated into the plan and brought back as a final version to City Council for adoption in September. I want to highlight a little bit of this planning process, um, touching on the Sustainability Commission, which is made up of uh, residents of Avondale that have an interest and a passion for sustainability, and they've really been guiding this this development of this plan. And one of the core tenets of it has been reaching out to the community. Um, we've done 15 different workshops, neighborhood meetings, school visits, um, and public meetings to try to gather some input. We also did a public survey and we received about 500 um, community responses on that. We also have activated a team of staff across uh, 11 different divisions within the city to look at this more holistically um, and, and make sure that we're doing our part um, as, a, as an organization. And then last but not least, we teamed up with some researchers at NAU, um, Northern Arizona University to conduct a greenhouse gas emissions inventory for our own city operations. And then we also are, are leveraging a partnership with Maricopa County that did a community-wide greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and that's just showing where our sources of, um, of these heat trapping gases that are contributing to climate change are coming from in, in our community. So here's a little, a little bit about what we heard through the process. Really the number one message was ensuring that we have a long time and secure source of water that um, as well as having high quality water that's safe uh, for, for our residents and our businesses. There is also a, um, a strong push for more transportation options and that so multimodal is something that you may have heard of, but that means that our uh, transportation options include being able to bike and walk to places safely and conveniently, being able to get around on public transit, uh, using clean electric vehicles, 
uh, as well as um, micro mobility. And gosh, there's so many transportation options out there. And so our community is looking for that diversity of, of options. Uh, there is no surprise here on the on the third bullet that providing heat relief continues to be important in our desert community. And we're seeing that especially as temperatures are rising, which I'll talk more about in a minute. Related to that is helping those that are most at risk. This is something that there's a lot of heart and passion for the community to protect those that are most vulnerable and make sure that resources are going to help those in need. Preserving natural assets. Uh, we have really uh, great fortune in Avondale to have the waters flowing through the Gila River, to have the Australia Mountains as our background, uh, and for all of the amazing trails and parks that we have throughout our community. And so we know that that'll be important to continue to maintain. Uh, and then the last three, three items that came up repeatedly were to use more clean renewable energy. Uh, that would mean that this the Cleaning the electricity grid that's coming to your business uh, is, is included in that effort. And then supporting our local food economy and making sure that we're growing food as sustainably as possibly and as locally as possible. And then last but not least is minimizing our waste so that we're really mindful of um, not just the environmental impacts of that, but also just kind of the consumer side of, um, of the economy. This was a really um, wonderful exercise uh, that we went through is to create this vision statement. And it's, um, it's kind of a conglomerate of lots of uh, input over the months. And the vision that's proposed in this plan is that Avondale is a thriving, sustainable city with a resilient community, a flourishing environment, and a strong economy powered by renewable energy and access to healthy, active lifestyles for all. We know that there are some challenges to achieving that vision. Uh, big four of them are highlighted here being the ongoing um, uh, issues with heat, drought, our kind of strained natural assets, as well as sources of emissions. I'm gonna dive into uh, three of these more in depth and, and just for the sake of time, I'm not gonna cover all of them. But this, is, um, this one I think is very important to to all of us that are living in the valley. Um, this graph shows the number of days over 110. Since the 1950s, we've been seeing an increase in the number of days that are extremely hot. The red bars are the average of that decade. And then the red dots are those individual years. And so if that, that outlier there in 2020, that was when we had 53 days that were over 110. That was that really record-breaking um, hot, hot summer. And that summer was um, also the deadliest uh, on record at that time with 323 uh, heat-associated deaths in our county. And that was a significant increase from, from the year prior. What this graph also shows us is kind of a peek into the future. So these are looking at projections of of extremely hot days moving forward. And the key takeaway is that that summer of 2020 is likely to be the new normal by the 2050s. So we wanna do everything we can to, to promote localized cooling and also address sources of climate change and urban heat. I mentioned urban heat. So this is a, a graphic that I find useful in understanding um, 
the urban heat island effect. If you've heard that term before, it's really referring to how cities tend to be much hotter than outlying areas of rural or farmland um, land uses. And this graph is showing that in the late afternoons, the temperature in that urban core can be about seven degrees hotter than it would be on the, the outskirts of the city. And uh, this, this difference in temperature is even more pronounced at night, uh, which we're seeing some issues. Um, uh, we're seeing additional issues with that, but this one focuses on, on just that daytime temperature high. And um, what's why this is so important to Avondale is because we are transitioning and becoming more urbanized. And so this will be something that we'll have to be really cognizant of as we develop that we're taking our kind of urban heat island into effect because there are some great ways to cool that down. This is a map on the left that's an aerial view showing where parts of our community are most vulnerable to the heat. The point here is that everybody is impacted by heat, but we're not all equally impacted. There are some neighborhoods in Avondale that are hotter than others. Um, particularly if they don't have as many trees or if there's more asphalt and concrete in areas. And then the other factor with heat vulnerability is looking at what are people's resources to get away from that heat. And so if you are in an older home, you may not have an air conditioner that's up to snuff anymore, or it may be very costly to, to run it um, you know, fully in the summertime. And so those put people at a greater risk to the heat uh, than if you were in maybe a newer build or you were more financially well off where it, that um, increase in the energy bill didn't impact you as much. So what we see here is that the darker shades of red are more heat vulnerable areas, um, lighter uh, tan and yellow is less heat vulnerable. I mentioned that there are some ways to combat this. And so an example is simply planting trees. And this is uh, not to be overstated. Uh, trees have so, so many benefits. And this was in fact, the number one strategy that our community supported across the board uh, was planting more trees, especially in hot areas in our community. This is um, an image from a local tree planting event at Agua Fria High School. Another challenge um, to help us set the stage is this ongoing uh, drought. And we've been seeing a lot more media attention on this. Uh, I like to just do this really simplified graphic to understand kind of the gravity of the situation. We've got Lake Powell and Lake Mead as our main reservoirs for the Colorado River system that feeds most of the Western United States as well as Mexico. And uh, the water level that's left in there is projected at the end of this year to only have 22% capacity in Lake Powell and slightly better in Lake Mead with 29% capacity. So we are at historic low levels. That glass is, is um, precipitously low uh, to the point where we are impacting our ability to even uh, generate electricity at these sites. So it's, it's impacting um, our, our electricity grid as well as our water supply. But I wanna uh, have a, a caveat here that Avondale's in a really fortunate position that we're not relying solely on the Colorado River water where there are significant shortages. We also have a more diverse water portfolio. So that's the graphic you'll see on the right hand side. And 
so only 30% of our water is coming from the Colorado River supply, and we're a very, very small fraction of the, the state's allocation. The other 40% uh, of our water is coming from the Salt and Verde watersheds, our, our local watershed in Arizona. And then we reclaim or recycle 30% of our water in the city. And um, actually, I should let me rephrase that. We actually, anything that's flushed down the, the drains in your home or business goes to a wastewater treatment plant. And 100% of that is recycled to supplement our groundwater supplies. So it goes back into the aquifer. Um, so that's what that 30% is. It's, it's, that's us recycling our water. And then lastly, I'm going to touch on the greenhouse gas emission sources. Um, sometimes we we may have an interest in tackling climate change and wanting to, to do some mitigation work, but may not know where, where that uh, greatest impact is. And so these inventories that show us where the sources of emissions are coming from can really help us identify what actions are going to be most impactful. In the Avondale community, so this, this includes our residents, our businesses, and our, our city as an organization, 48% of emissions is coming from the transportation sector. And uh, this does um, uh, include the majority of passenger vehicles. That's you and I going to and from work and errands and uh, activities. And then as well as a smaller percentage of that being the, the semi-trucks that are going through our city um, on the I-10. The other big chunk of it is electricity, not surprisingly. Um, and that comprises about 35% of, of emissions in our community with the majority of that, about two thirds coming from residential energy use and about one third coming from commercial use. When we talk about sustainability, it is so important to recognize that equity is, is absolutely uh, interconnected with that. You can't have a sustainable city without an equitable city. And so our um, attempt here is to spell out different ways that equity shows up and how we can support it. And so there's um, these four types that, that we have identified through, this, through our plan, and that's procedural equity, which is looking at the way that the processes um, work and making sure that it's fair and inclusive. Distributional equity is making sure that those resources, um, benefits, and burdens are distributed fairly in the community, beginning with those that are most in need. And then structural equity is looking at how do we correct past harms, intentional or otherwise, that were made. Um, and then last but not least is intergenerational equity, and that's making sure that future generations uh, are not unfairly burdened by the decisions that we're making today. The meat and potatoes of the plan is the eight sustainability pathways that are aligned, uh, outlined towards the end of the document. And I'll be going over each of these briefly and focusing in on um, where our businesses really can, can contribute to it and be a part of the solution. So for each of these pathways, we'll see a long-term aspirational goal Typically, this is thinking um, long-term into around the year 2050. Targets are intended to be those intermediate ambitions that'll help us track our progress towards that long-term goal. And then strategies and actions are kind of the nuts and bolts of how we 
how we expect to get there. And then I've highlighted in uh, that green box at the bottom of each of these pathways how businesses can participate um, or, or some ideas of uh, solutions. So we're going to start off with the green economy. And our goal here is to, that Avondale's business community is actively engaged in creating a sustainable city. Our targets are to certify 10 local businesses through our green business program, which I'll be highlighting in a, in a little bit later on this webinar. And then look at um, hosting a large event that's going to bring together different industries um, uh, as well as tourists and workforce talent by the year 2025. Some ways that we plan on doing this is promoting sustainable business practices, uh, making sure that we're able to provide resources, tools, and connections to help businesses overcome some sustainability challenges that they may be facing, attracting green industries. We wanna make sure that we are continuing to grow uh, more opportunities for local talent to have access to green jobs that are gonna be um, high quality jobs in our city and then uh, growing and promoting ecotourism opportunities as well. So we really are um, fortunate to have such, such beautiful um, assets in the community. And then also looking to grow our workforce. And this would be in partnership with academic partners um, as well as uh, existing businesses and industries in the community. So where our businesses can come in is implementing some sustainable practices within your own work and your own supply chains. So you'll see some examples as we go along of, of what that might look like, but it's, it's gonna be really unique to your situation. So these, these are rather broad, but um, we'll, I'm, I'm always happy to talk more specifics with anybody. So for our reliable water pathway, the goal here is to, to do just that, to ensure that we have a reliable and sustainable long-term supply of water. Our targets are to maintain a 100-year supply of water that takes into account our projected growth, reducing water consumption to 112 gallons. That's about um, or gallons per capita per day, which is about a 5% reduction from last year's levels. And then we also wanna clean up our own house, make sure that we're evaluating the, our city operations and facilities for any opportunities to be more efficient. And uh, strategies and actions, we know we need to prepare for drought. Many cities, um, including Avondale, are updating and implementing their Avondale, or excuse me, the drought preparedness plans. And Avondale will be bringing theirs to city council in August. So um, stay tuned for more information on that. Conserving water, this is uh, uh, absolutely crucial um, for, for all of us to be thinking of and, and keeping top of mind. We can do this, uh, the biggest impact is, is on the landscape side. So this also includes within your businesses, if you have landscaped areas, uh, check to see that we are using landscape efficient um, watering techniques as well as drought adapted plants and minimizing turf where possible. And then investing in infrastructure. There's a lot of opportunities to leverage nature's natural talents, I guess I'll say, but using uh, nature-based solutions to uh, think of stormwater as a resource. So that's, that's how can we use that to supplement irrigation instead of, of looking at it as a, as a nuisance. 
We would love for you and your business to conduct regular water efficiency checks and fix any leaks that you find. This will help you save money as well as help save water. You can um, also uh, implement water sense labeled fixtures within your business and water efficient landscapes, which I mentioned um, just a moment ago. So then our next pathway we're gonna dive into is this efficient buildings and renewable energy. We have a big goal here. We're setting out to achieve 90% renewable energy citywide by 2050. And uh, our targets to get there will be 100% renewable energy for city operations by 2035. This was just recently revised to 80% renewable energy because that 100% that is hard to hit. Um, and then also looking at a 50% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions within city operations. We also wanna adopt green construction codes to ensure that new building is, is being designed as sustainably as possible and increase the percentage of solar uh, throughout our community. For increasing energy efficiency, that's a, a great opportunity to do some more weatherization. That would be um, both for our, our residents and our businesses uh, and city facilities. Expanding renewables, including supporting policies that make it easier and more affordable to have solar put on, uh, on business rooftops and uh, rooftops of homes and then supporting energy resilience. There's a lot of neat, innovative technologies that are coming out. Um, some of them that you may have heard would be microgrids. Um, energy storage is, is a pretty frequently used one, but there's also some newer technologies that look at uh, carbon capture and uh, load shifting is another opportunity. If, if you've got any questions on those, happy to talk about that offline. And then for businesses, you can consult your local utility provider, so APS or SRP, and they have a lot of good information on their website. I definitely recommend reaching out to them uh, to get an in-person conversation. And oftentimes you're eligible for a free energy assessment or kind of an, uh, an initial preliminary assessment that can help you find some energy savings opportunities. And they have a bunch of rebates for businesses. For our clean transportation, the goal is to provide a safe, convenient, and affordable transportation options that will help improve our air quality and support healthy, active lifestyles. Targets here are looking at 40% of all work commutes. That means your employees um, and yourself getting to and from work, as well as you know, Jamie and myself getting to work but 40% of all work commutes taken by biking, walking, carpooling, uh, taking the bus or taking an electric vehicle. So those are, are all great options for, for a cleaner way to get to and from work. And then secondarily, we are targeting um, that every household is within one half mile from a public electric vehicle charging station by 2030. We are planning to support walking and biking through an active transportation plan that's already in the works. And so that's um, uh, a document that we're really excited will be coming in the next couple of months. But more importantly than a, than a shiny document is uh, all of the plans to make it easier to bike, walk and get connected in our communities. We also need to um, continue to promote more walkable neighborhoods through our land use planning. That's an opportunity for, for us certainly. 
and uh, transportation investments. Speaking of public transit, we are looking for ways to pilot more flexible options. Not everybody wants to get on a bus or finds that a, in, uh, an easy or convenient system to use. So we are looking at um, smaller, more flexible, kind of like an Uber uh, option, but that would be supported through public transit dollars. And then also improving our bus stop comfort and safety. It breaks my heart when I see people waiting out in 115 degree weather by a little sign that says bus stop and you know no shade or no shelter. So we want to we want to improve that. And then on uh, the electric vehicle side, ensuring that there's going to be affordable and reliable access to charging. This is especially important for people that are renting or if they're living in a um, multifamily or an apartment dwelling because they may not be able to uh, reliably charge their vehicle if unless there's a concerted effort to do that. And we are uh, planning and preparing for 14,000 electric vehicles in our city. Uh, and that's that may even be conservative. Um, for our business community, what we would encourage you to do is um, actually to encourage and incentivize your own uh, employees to use those alternative commute modes. I know some of those that are on the line are already doing a really great job of this. If you're hiring right from the community, this makes it a lot easier because they can uh, get to work more easily on, you know, by foot or by bike, uh, especially in the nice weather times. And then providing uh, electric vehicle charging both for, for your staff and for customers is a great way to support cleaner modes of transportation. If you do have any um, company vehicles looking at electric options uh, because they don't emit any greenhouse gases out the tailpipe or any pollutants out the tailpipe, we can improve air quality uh, by shifting to that to a cleaner electric vehicle. This is uh, on the left-hand side, I love this photo uh, from 8-Bit Aleworks. This is their discarded uh, cans, the ones that have blemishes or imperfections. They actually will reuse these. Um, they're melted down and made into really cool coasters and other items that can be used um, as functional pieces. And uh, so the good way to highlight waste as a resource. Our goal here is to reduce the amount of residential waste that we're sending to our landfill by 90% by 2050, um, based on our 2020 levels. And to help us get there, our intermediate target is to reduce the amount of waste that we're sending to the landfill by 25% uh, by 2030. So strategies and actions, we've all heard these before, but they're, they're just as relevant today as ever. We need to reduce, reuse, and recycle. And that is what we would also ask of our business community to join us in that effort. Um, if you are really big in the waste sphere, you'll know that there's actually four R's and the first one is to refuse. So where you can uh, look to minimize waste by never um, generating it or consuming it in the first place. Then we're gonna talk about um, fresh food for all. Our goal is that everybody living in Avondale will have enough food to eat and they'll have access to healthy, affordable, local and culturally appropriate food. Shout out to Coldwater Coffee House and Bakery. They're featured here on the left-hand side, one of our um, amazing local co-ops that's a farm to table cafe in Old Town. I'm sure everybody on the call has been there. If not, you're gonna buzz right over after this. 
the target is to reduce food insecurity by 50% from 2020 within 10 year timeframe. So by 2030. And some strategies we have um, included here would be growing food locally. Uh, this will really help us become a more sustainable and resilient community. We can attract, grow and retain sustainable agriculture businesses that provide food to the community. We can also improve food access. Uh, one of the important things is gonna be addressing the root causes of food insecurity, and that is uh, poverty, transportation ba uh, barriers, and the like. There's also opportunities to divert any excess food from our grocers and our restaurants to help feed those that are in need. So helping close that loop. And then um, providing food education. So partnering with our schools, our businesses, and our academic partners um, in our nonprofit community to bring food education into the classroom and uh, show not just what healthy eating looks like, but opportunities to work in uh, sustainable agriculture careers. For our businesses out there, um, I mean, if you are a restaurant, then, then we encourage you to get either grow your food or get it from a sustainable source. If you are um, not in the, the food business, um, but like to eat it, if you're going to be catering for an office meeting or an event, um, please do consider supporting our local businesses for that. Uh, and then another opportunity would be to organize donation drives that will help uh, keep our local pantries stocked throughout the year. To um, our pathway for a resilient to extreme heat. Uh, the goal here is to reduce urban heat island effect and protect the community against extreme heat. The targets are to achieve a 25% tree canopy cover in our parks, neighborhoods, and pedestrian corridors by 2030. So this means putting the, the trees uh, in shade where people congregate, where they walk, where they get to and from places um, such as schools, uh, businesses, and the like. And then we're striving for zero heat associated deaths in Avondale each year. Some strategies and actions uh, to mitigate urban heat include increasing our tree canopy cover, as well as uh, green infrastructure projects and structural shade in places where trees uh, are, are not um, feasible. We can also implement and evaluate um, some really new or some really neat technologies that cool down our buildings. Um, uh, such as cool pavement and uh, reflective roofs. Also just lighter colored paint is a really great option to help cool down buildings. Ensuring uh, that we have reliable access to air conditioned spaces during extreme heat is another way that we can kind of mitigate the risks of it. We're also looking to build resilience by promoting and expanding programs that will help weatherize uh, uh, homes and, and potentially businesses in low income uh, areas. And then establishing resilience hubs. These are places that can provide refuge during extreme heat events or other natural disasters. Um, for instance, if we had a power outage during a heat wave, we'd need a, a safe place to go. And that's where the resilience hubs come in. The opportunity for staff, um, please, 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 if you're not doing this already, train your staff on uh, heat illness prevention and how to respond um, that there's some some great free resources on that um, especially if you have any staff that are working outdoors uh, making sure that their their safety is top of mind 
And then uh, in addition to that, you can also look for some ways to, to add shade to your own buildings um, or to your landscaped areas if you have a if you have any landscaped areas. And then you may consider joining the heat relief network. There's uh, opportunities to either be a hydration station. So that means that you would be um, opening up your doors at, at a set time for people to be able to come in and rehydrate um, with water. Or for um, heat relief, that means that they could come in, have a seat in an air conditioned space. So there's more information on the heat relief network um, online and I'm also happy to get that to you. For our um, healthy environment, our goal here is to preserve and revitalize natural systems and achieve a level of air quality that's healthy for humans and the environment. You um, may uh, not be surprised to hear it, but Phoenix Metro has the fifth worst air quality in the nation. Um, that's a, a ranking that we would not like to have. And so uh, we do have higher rates of asthma because of that. And our, uh, one of our primary pollutants is from exhaust from vehicles. And so another reason to really tackle that, um, that transportation sector and look for opportunities to clean it up. The targets here are to, to meet or exceed federal air quality standards. Um, currently, Phoenix Metro does not meet those air quality standards, and um, uh, the last few years it has been getting worse. Um, but fear not, we will we'll continue to, to try to come up with some innovations to make that better, um, and we can do that in a lot of ways. The other healthy environment target is to implement one or more restoration projects, and this would be specifically in our river corridors, so either along the Agua Fria or the Gila rivers. And we're aiming to do that by 2025. Some opportunities to revitalize and expand natural assets would be preserving and revitalizing our river corridors. It is so special to have those in, a, in our desert community. So let's make sure that we take good care of them. And then we want to promote and expand our, um, our parks, trails, rivers, and wilderness areas. And there's also an, opportun an opportunity to upgrade um, our recharge facility, which Probably not, nobody know nobody on here knew we had, but we have these big areas where um, where we recharge the water back into the aquifer. Uh, they essentially have water in them, um, which is a nice public amenity. And uh, instead of having them closed off to the public, we can turn it into a park. So we're we're looking to do that, and then. We want to help reduce pollution, both air pollution and uh, as well as continuing to support river cleanups and community cleanups to keep our streets and environment free of litter and debris. And we want to continue to um, work with our partners to offer opportunities for, for the community to get involved in supporting a healthy environment. What this can look like for you as a business is you might bring your, your team um, or a or a representative from your team out to one of our regular cleanups that we do at the Trace Rios uh, every other month. You could donate or plant trees that could be planted in, in hot neighborhoods um, as an organization. And you can integrate more sustainable practices into your daily operations um, and throughout your supply chain. So, that is kind of a, a really high level overview of the draft community sustainability plan. The full documents available on our website, that link is here. We'll make sure that you get that as well. But we are looking for your feedback um, and there's a lot more in it than what we covered today. 
take a look at that document and then you can provide your comments either directly to me if you're comfortable with that, um, either my by phone or email um, or you know setting up a time and I'll come meet with you. Or if you prefer to do anonymous comments, there's an option for that on our website. As I mentioned earlier, we are slated for council adoption in September. And so we ask that all comments be provided to us by August 14th. This is um, kind of a smattering of some resources that you might be interested in. The, I wanna to just touch on this, this community sustainability plan is something that I hope is useful for our businesses to even develop their own plans. And that may be as simple as going through and circling things that, that make sense for you to your business to contribute to in some way, and then putting together what that looks like um, for, for your organization, your business. Um, there are some great resources from our utility companies. Uh, if you are on the east side of the Agua Fria River, you're serviced by Salt River Project, uh, or you get your electricity bills from them. They do have some, some perks for businesses, they, such as a no-cost energy assessment for eligible small businesses. I believe you have to be in operation for four years um, to be eligible for that, but they do have a list of requirements on their website. They have a lot of rebates for energy efficiency upgrades. So if you are gonna be uh, switching out and putting in LED light fixtures, upgrading your HVAC, or your refrigeration systems, or if you have been wanting to install a, small, a smart thermometer, then uh, take advantage of those rebates because um, there are some savings available. I've put the phone number and the email for those rebates there. If you are perhaps a larger business and you use, you use a forklift or you have a fleet, if you electrify those components, you're also eligible for rebates. Um, the city's taken advantage of these rebates. They've been really easy to go through. Uh, if you have any questions about that process, I can I can definitely help um, try to navigate you, but it'll be through um, SRP to get those rebates. If you are on the west side of Agua Fria, then you're serviced by Arizona Public Service, they um, or APS, and they have basically the same menu of um, of options as SRP does, just a different phone number and, and a different email there. So. Um, get connected. Uh, oftentimes you, you are better off if you're able to get connected to a representative and, and talk through those um, programs before you go out and buy your equipment. Um, just make sure that it's eligible for that rebate. Another one um, I want to call attention to that I've been using um, for, for a couple of years now is Energy Star Portfolio Manager. This is a way to um, uh, benchmark your energy consumption and track it over time for free. It's offered by the EPA. So that Energy Star Portfolio Manager, you could Google it or you can um, uh, put in that link that's here. I'm sure Jamie and I can get you all these links in, in one nice document after this. But uh, primarily I use it for, for tracking our energy use. Uh, and it what's neat is it it's this giant compilation. I think 25% of all commercial businesses have, have entered their data into this database. And so you can compare how you, you can see how you compare to other businesses like yours. And if you're already outstanding, you can go for um, Energy Star certification. 
If you're not outstanding yet, then you can look at, they've got these guidebooks to help you get there. So that's been, um, that's been helpful for me and I hope that it would be helpful for you. I also wanna um, highlight an opportunity that's happening right now. The uh, Avondale Sustainability Commission has launched this campaign throughout the month of July that is uh, promoting awareness around plastic pollution and encouraging uh, people to reduce their use of single-use plastics. This can be done on an individual basis or as a, uh, as a business or an organization yourself, looking at ways that you could perhaps uh, substitute some of those single-use plastic products um, in, your, in your company to more sustainable alternatives. Um, uh, so there's, there is more information on our website on ways that businesses can get involved. And then I'll just note that we do have some, some flyers um, that we'd love for you to ha have posted at, at your web, or sorry, not at your website, at your business for the next couple of weeks here to get the word out. And then um, anybody that signs up to join the challenge by saying how they're gonna reduce their, their use of single use plastics for a set amount of time, will get entered to win a zero waste kit. Uh, you can also share our, our Instagram or Facebook post, or if you'd rather, I can send it to you and you can put it on your own account. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and see if this video plays for us. If not, then we'll send out the link right after. hear that okay <laughs> let me go to my next one here all right you guys are doing great we're almost through this overly long presentation so the green business program this is something that if you're not already involved in i'd love to help you get um uh, get signed up for it has a lot of benefits for you um one you get a free sustainability consultation so i'll come with come and meet with you at your site and we'll kind of go through some of the practices that you are already implementing that we want to highlight and then uh, indicate some areas where you could improve your your practices the once you are certified you get free promotion through the city's social media channels our website you also get put into our quarterly rave magazine that gets out to all residents and then other opportunities as they come up and um, right now there's if we're, we're going to be uh, featuring our, our green businesses in the Green Living magazine in November. If you are interested in that opportunity, then we need to get you certified by August 15th. Uh, and then in addition to um, those promotions, you're also going to get a, a framed certificate and a window decal. This is just so that you can really promote your brand as a, as a more sustainable brand and people can recognize um, that you you have these passions for sustainability um, and are implementing them in your own business. 
And you, you will also become eligible for our Green Business of the Year Award. We've, uh, I believe we have this year's winner on the line, uh, Coldwater Coffee House and uh, Coldwater Coffee House and Bakery is our 2022 Green Business of the Year. And each year, a new business gets awarded at the State of the City address. And then you get additional promotion with that. Um, last but not least, you get to join this network of other sustainability-minded local businesses. And on the right-hand side, you'll see the ones that are already signed up. And we're going to continue to, to build that network um, uh, and, and enhance this program as it grows. Thanks for tuning in today. We look forward to chatting with you more about your sustainable practices.